Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. What percentage of my gross income should I be dedicated to marketing? I'll give you the short answer. It's 10%. Now let's talk about that in depth. And uh, we can also review anything from uh, this past weekend that that needs reviewed. But um, here's the idea behind it. So when I first opened up 2003 and had written a, a pro forma, my uh, monthly marketing line item was $500 a month. It, it was pretty anemic. And that the expectation would was that that would cover like any physician drop-offs. A hundred percent of the market was uh, referral sources. And I just knew from previous experience that 500 bucks would get me four physician luncheons in the month, like buying everybody Panera or whatever it was. And I absolutely hated it, but did it nonetheless. And uh, I think we did 37 physician luncheons in the first four months. So completely violated the marketing. Um, at that time, but th- there was no direct to consumer marketing or nobody was doing it well. And I really didn't understand how to do it. So that was the beginning. And then, uh, like two or three years in talking with other owners, working with business coaches. And then we had this famous story in Pennsylvania, uh, of a, an owner named, uh, Pat Croce. So Pat Croce ended up going on and owning, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers at one point. Um, but he got his start in PT and it was outside of Philadelphia and he had a company called, uh, I think it was called sports physical therapist Inc. So he's a Westchester grad, Philly guy grew up there, um, and had, uh, what did he sell for 40 million? I think is what he ended up selling his practices for, but he, so in, and he did this in the eighties in an era when they didn't even have direct access in Pennsylvania it was two decades before. He had a very large marketing budget and he, he understood how he had advantages with the physicians. Um, and he also created a marketplace advantage where he started treating like famous Philadelphia players. So, uh, Mike, Mike Schmidt, um, you know, one of the greatest third basemen of all time and, uh, uh, Dr. J, like all of these famous Philly celebs were going to his place for physical therapy. Um, and they did very, very heavy promotion. And he would, he was constantly on air talking about, you know, the benefits of physical therapy and the, the common barrier for most practice owners in areas, especially where you don't have complete direct access or, you know, how do you treat a Medicare patient? All these barriers get in the way is like, first just think, well, pharma does this all the time, right? You need a prescription in order to come in and get it to the, you know, to the drugstore and have that prescription fulfilled. It's the same idea. They still do direct to consumer marketing. So that shouldn't really inhibit you in any way. And then what we noticed is in the early two thousands, a lot of practice owners were saying, well, you know, I don't really want to market um, direct to the consumer. At least some of those that were my mentors and I would bring this up like, hey, like Pat Croce just did this two decades ago, did really, really well. 
and it the usually what they would say is well you know i'm of the mindset that high quality of care and word of mouth referrals is the right way to grow there's more than enough business to go around and it was all these cliche sayings if you go back historically in the mid 1800s is when that originated and it was the ama said you can't advertise your services and you know elizabeth longfellow first female physician in the us founded a very successful practice by doing education and what she was doing is marketing her services as a family physician direct to the consumer by doing something called lectures which today we know as workshops so once i got my thinking straight and i just saw so many other owners unwilling to invest in marketing it's like oh, i probably should figure this out um there are other markets that are doing it and what are the principles that we can apply so the very first thing that we did and i think we were around 30,000 35,000 a month in revenue is rather than 500 i just said okay i'm going to do 3500 a month to start firing away to to grow the practice here and so would it be helpful gwen you're the only person i can see would it be helpful if i talk through how to spend that money gwen's frozen <laughs> um I, I hear this question a lot uh kayla i'll ask you that yeah. question because i know you can come off I'm here. Yes, I think that would be helpful if we could walk through that. Okay, great. So here's how we thought about it. Um, oh, I think I even had a mural. Give me one second. Dang it. I don't see it. All right. So let's just think about it. If we had... Um, if we had a grid and we can have one-to-one -one marketing, so that is where like I send Gwen a text, right? That's one-to-one -one marketing or an email or a direct mail piece. That's one-to-one. -one. Or I can do one-to-many. That's where I send out a thousand texts, a thousand emails, a thousand direct mail pieces, right? So I, I can do either one, one-to-one -one or one-to-many. And then, so that's, that would be on the left side of your grid. The, the columns would be, well, I can, who can I market to? So who, who can you market to when you're thinking about marketing your practice? What are the groups? Past patients. Great. Past MDs. patients, number one. Who? MDs. MDs. Great. So referral sources, physicians, DOs, podiatrists. PACs, nurse practitioners, great. Who else? General public. Perfect. Cold, right? So we have warm, which is your patient list. Middle, which is warm third-party referral, um, which is you know a little bit weaker than uh, your patient list. And then we have cold traffic. So let's just go through the boxes. I would start with your patient list. I think it is a miss to say, I'm going to ignore my patient list and go to cold traffic first. And we see it happen all the time. Like, <laughs> I mean, if I had, if, if our schedule next week was 50% full and I had to fill the schedule, I'm not going to do that by going first to cold traffic marketing, right? I'm going to reach out to a hundred patients a day 
and ask them how they're doing, right? Like that, just think it through. It's very, very intuitive when you take a step back. So, um, and we start with one to many to our patient list. So how do, how can you market one to many to your patient list? Direct mailers. Direct mail. Great. So physician newsletter, promotion, postcard, you could do that. What else could you do? Uh, we do patient follow-up calls, like you were saying, check in, see how they're doing, yep. get them so reactivated. One-to-one, yeah, great. You could send out an email campaign. Right. Text you could campaign. send out text campaign. Great. I mean, they're the big three. Um, so for us, you know, we would, in the very beginning, when I really, did, like, when I really wrap my head around this, we were um, at a desktop printer. I know that desktop printer did over a million copies because I, I could see the counter and it was, it was junk. It was 300 bucks, but it, it made it a very long time. And we would print out on green paper and I would, I would, uh, design the whole thing in like Microsoft outlook or whatever it was. And it had this like hideous green box in the upper left-hand corner. That was just the standard template, but I knew enough to, um, just like give update updated business news about our practice. And w- so we would print it in house. We would try fold it and put it in our envelope and mail it out. And my staff hated me for it because we were sending out like a couple hundred of these <laughs> every month. And they just, uh, I didn't have the wherewithal to, to delegate it out or go to a printer or anything like that. Um, that came with time, but you know, in the beginning for 500 bucks of, print plus postage, we were mailing our entire patient list and it worked. We knew that when we sent those out in batch that we were going to get an influx of reactivated patients and word of mouth referrals. So I would start there. There's lots of newsletter companies. Um, I know within our group, um, Newsletter Pro, I just met with Sean a couple of weeks ago, Sean Buck. Um, they can handle our newsletters the way that we do them, practice promotions, many use them. You can also design it and yourself and, you know, save on costs with like handy mailing or something like that. Um, and, we, and we teach how to do that. But yeah, I would start with the patient newsletter first, supplement it with, um, with an email campaign and do not take a PDF of your yeah. newsletter and send out your entire newsletter. Just do once. So understand how um, email works and then use email in the way that it's meant to be, which is value first and then an offer. Hi, Peg, go ahead. Nope, never done. No, no. Oh, I never thought you were mind. raising your hand. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So with hey, that 10%. Hey, Chad, hey, Chad, with a, I don't know if we've talked about this recently. Do you want to just briefly go over why we shouldn't send an email, the PDF? Yeah. So, one, it uh, decreases open rates. So your largest email providers are going to be, um, you know, Google, Gmail, and oh, I just blanked on the other one. Oh, Microsoft, right? Uh, Outlook or whatever it's called now. Um, yeah. So the largest email providers that make up eighty percent of the market and your recipients, most likely, they're going to flag that, right? So it's going to decrease your deliverability. The second thing, and that's a great question, is uh, 
It's not how emails are used, right? If I email you an entire PDF and I'm expecting you to open it and read that, that's a, that's a stretch. Like you're not, do- you're not getting that from breakthrough. You're not getting that from any marketing company, right? So we should be using email in the way that it's meant to be used. Even a uh, long form email today is, uh, I still see a lot of people doing that. I think I'm not, I'm not seeing that like that the, you know, the number one emails, um, that are going out in the world, they're, they're fairly punchy, right? Like it, I mean, you don't want to hang out and read a 30 minute article in your email, right? Like maybe you go somewhere else. So, I mean, just think through how it's used and it's typically one topic. So very difficult to walk somebody through five different topics, a compelling interest story, you know, um, a recipe for pumpkin spice latte or whatever you have in your newsletter, um, you know, business news, and then walking through all of that. That's just not how they're used. The the other thing that we used to see a lot is, uh, and I'm guilty of this, is you do the newsletter, huge amount of effort. I'll just cut and paste it, put it into an email. And then the subject line is Madden physical therapy, patient newsletter, volume 23, issue six. (laughs) Nobody's opening that. Like that is not, that is way, way off from how emails use. So don't do that. Um, You can test it. It will not perform as well as a section of your newsletter that just covers one topic, delivers value first, and then goes to a call to action exactly as how we've designed the email campaigns within um within breakthrough the other thing that I'll hear is uh well you know I, I'd like to provide value and then make an offer if you're going to do that it's a three to one ratio the ideal way is to provide the value first and then with those recipients who interact with the value then you make them an offer um, but either one of those ways are considered best practices today. All right. So we went through your patient newsletter. I I would definitely do that for even in our uh, newest practices, you know, the like, for example, we just opened up Lancaster in April. Um, We may have 100, 150 patient emailing addresses um, or email and mailing addresses. Like they're still on our mailing list. Like we're, we're mailing them right away. So if you're opening a new location, you still want to make sure that you're doing that. It's just not going to be a big expense. And then as the, um, so the second place that we do is physicians, Kayla, what are you doing today for physician marketing? Uh, We do a newsletter once a month. Perfect. And then we kind of stop with doctor lunches, but we'll go in um, and like bring a gift basket, try to get to the back with, certain ones um, but it's not consistent so any suggestions on that yeah we so we i about uh a year and a half ago i hired um tracy o'brien i grew up with tracy and her twin brother um tracy was a pharma pharmaceutical rep i mean looks can sell like just a hardcore salesperson she was been a mom for a few years she was looking to get back into the workforce reached out saw your all your videos loves our practice whole family comes to the practice parents everything like just loves us 
I really support your mission, everything else. I don't need to make money, a lot of money. Can I do, can I get involved? We were like, yeah, we'll open up a brand new role. By the way, really hard to get into the 3,000 doctors that are in our five county area. She's really good. She could not get in consistently. It was brutal. And uh, so, you know, maybe because of the pandemic, whatever, a lot had changed. We ended up rerouting her um and then she had to step step away for medical reasons but we ended up rerouting her efforts into employers partner workshops with employers um but uh yeah i mean she might have been getting us into one physician office a month at best and she was working really really hard to do that like i i looked at the contact logs and i mean she was going in um a lot of what she was doing that was successful was hand delivering patient note like progress reports and stuff like that but even then it was like she was hitting that front desk and not getting through i mean the doctor has seven minutes with a patient she's not gonna they're not gonna have time like they did five ten years ago so that was um that was a fail for us we do exactly what you do we mail all three thousand i think we have three thousand providers in the greater central Pennsylvania area. Um, I mean, it's probably a two hour radius of what we're mailing for the clinics now, but um, we do that once a month. It's a minimal cost relative to everything else, um, but we get something in the mail to them. The thing that we found with physicians that works best is the clinician calls the doctor, calls the PA, calls the nurse practitioner, Anytime there's something to discuss about the patient, that is by far. So it becomes one-to-one. There's not really a lot that we're doing with one-to-many. Um, but uh, yeah, and that is um, not a huge monetary investment. It's just, it's time. It's a lot of time. Uh, and we, then we do the handwritten, thank you for the referral as well. Uh, minimal cost to that as well. Cold traffic. So that in a new clinic, especially in a new clinic, that's really the only thing that we have. So when we open up Lancaster, we don't have a patient list. We don't have much of a physician list um, because there aren't patients coming through. Oh, lights out. Yep. You good? <laughs> Are you on a timer? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <for> a while. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So, um, So we have to go cold traffic in the beginning. And that is uh, what we do is we, in any new clinic, we want enough firepower. So, for example, Lancaster, we opened up, um, you know, there's no revenue coming through because we don't have patients. So what we do is we build into the pro forma for six months um, and we use $1.50 per square foot. Uh, Let me think about that. Two dollars, two dollars a square foot. Um, so that was a three thousand square foot clinic. That is a three thousand square foot clinic. We'll do six thousand dollars a month in the marketing budget, with the expectation, and they almost just got there. Um, that you know, once in the very beginning, once we hit sixty thousand dollars in revenue, then it will be a, a true ten percent of gross revenue dedicated to marketing. So that's how we think about that, and. All of our de novos 
um, and this has worked out well for us. We pick one online media, it's Facebook and Meta, and one offline media. And for us, we look for a, a weekly paper, a weekly coupon type that's going to have public auctions and the classic central Pennsylvania thing that people read cover to cover every week with coupons and everything else in it. And then we have a, a very standard insert that we use that's has worked for us for years. Um, and it matches uh, the same messaging that is on Facebook, but we we promote to a workshop, promote to education. So that, um, yeah, that, and we have enough firepower with the money in the beginning um, built into the pro forma that we we're going to fill that the schedules up as quickly as possible. It's, it's very costly in the first few months of a de novo of a new clinic. If we're not filling up the schedules right away, it's, it's pretty devastating um, to the practice. So the game is as soon as we buy that square, we come into that square footage, we're racing to fill up the clinician schedules first as quickly as possible with cold traffic marketing. And then the second phase is filling up the, the space. So if it's 3000 square feet, we expect in 12 to 18 months that we have six full-time clinicians in there and their, their schedules are full. And the way to do that is to take 10% of the gross revenue and dedicate it to marketing. So patients first, make sure physicians or employers are taken care of with one to many. And then, then we go make sure that the cold traffic as well is taken care of as well. What, what we see over time is as clinics mature. So Lancaster is five months old, six months old. This clinic is 20 years old. Right. Um, in this clinic, we have a 20,000 person mailing list and 65 to 70% of our new patients in any given month are past patients. Right. So, we, we, we rely more on, on that. Um, well, you got to lengthen up that timer, Kayla. Um, all good. So, and then, um, in our newer clinics, like I remember I did a study on dolphin, which was our third clinic. Um, in the first 12 months, 90% of the patients that came through were from cold traffic marketing, general public. So it, because we don't have a patient list there and because it's a rural area and there's only one physician in town, um, we just didn't have a lot of, we're not going to get a lot of physician referrals there as well. So, and then that clinic over the last five years has gradually, you know, as the patient list grows, we get more and more reactivations, more word of mouth referrals, but that, that 10% role, um, we stick with that until the clinic is full. And then we try to get more and more efficient. So we'll go from 10% down to 9%, 9% um, down to 8 And then the lowest that we've been in a clinic is 7.5%, which is going to be a more established clinic like we have here in Harrisburg. All right. So we, I, I thought that was going to be a super short 10% end of conversation. I think was, was that helpful to talk through? That was helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Great. For those that were in Denver, what was your what was your biggest most devastating thing that you learned? 
just time management for me, making sure I'm, I'm absolutely scheduling the most important things to my practice. Smart. That was number one for you, Gwen? I think so. Like you had said it before, you'd given the analogy before of the rocks in the sand before. And I like understood it and knew what you were talking about, but didn't really make it an aha like I did this weekend. Like, because I think we did the exercise either right before or right after it, where we were, where's our time? Is it changing a light bulb? Is it sweeping the floor? Is it planning? Is it meeting with team members? Um, and I found those things as well as planning my marketing. That's, that's huge. I, sometimes that's the last thing I'm putting on my list, but it really can't be. So that was good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Kayla, any wins for you or you're still upset about the AMA? <laughs> yeah, not over it. <laughs> no, um, same. Doing like the big things first, making sure that those go in first because sometimes the things that shouldn't be a priority, those things are filling up the bucket. So, um, And then also what you just explained, I'm definitely going to pass that along. I think that will be huge to go over that. Awesome. Great. Well, uh, any other questions before we sign off here? We have a few minutes. What do you want to hear next month? What, what do we What do we feel most passionate about? Oh, I I have a crazy thing on reactivation. That it's super simple. Um, Gwen, are you? completely out of network or you, you, you accept insurances? I take insurance. I, I take PPO. Okay. So we're going to talk about, um, I'll, I'll propose that we talk about reactivation in a way that improves your payer mix. Ooh. Would that be worthwhile? Like how to think through that? Cool. All right, so improving payer mix through reactivation. I love it. Cool. Hey, Chad. Um, I'm constantly writing down whether I'm listening to your podcast or um, sitting on meetings, constantly writing down book names. Can you make a list of those? Do you have a list of your favorite books or the favorite books of the people that are on your podcast? We, I'll, I'll rattle off like the five resource books that I would go to first. So let's okay, okay. Um, <laughs> number one is People. So that is the book Who. By Randy Street and Jeff Smart. I I mentioned that one probably the most. Yeah. Um, and that is our hiring systems, our ad systems. The so on my way home, <laughs> I I uh, I eat my own dog food, and um, the <laughs> the one thing that I came up with was uh, I wanted to really stand out and do the red herring effect for hiring. So I was like looking at her scorecard, and I was like. This is especially our clinical director scorecard. It would be like how to earn a hundred thousand dollars a year or more with a DPT and a Pennsylvania license, right? And like that's going to be our our classified ad for hiring PTs. Um, and we're going to show them a five year pro. Anyhow, so that and that came from the principles and who. So that's number one. Marketing books, um. I I love the behavioral stuff. So like anything by Cialdini, 
um, like influence um, is great there for most of us though, it's going to be like something around direct response. And I love the older stuff. So scientific advertising, Claude Hopkins, it's a free book. It was written in the twenties or thirties, 1920s or thirties. Um, that would be great. Oh, Peg, we just did scorecard. All right. We can do that. Um, we, we, we did a good one. We did a live one in Denver, but, uh, yeah, we, we can work that out. I also have a, I think I have a recording I can send you peg, but I'll put that down too. Yeah. I appreciate these ideas. Yeah. We did a uh, Cheryl and Lauren did a live scorecard development and then turned it into an, a one ad. Um, the, so people marketing finance is a uh, Greg Crabtree wrote a book called simple numbers, big profits. I go back to that over and over again. Many of the concepts that are in that I parlay into teach. We actually hired Greg um, for three months, and he, I mean, he just crushed us with spreadsheets. Like I remember, the, he gave us one spreadsheet that had twelve tabs, and I was like, "Greg, I'm never going to do this." Like, there's zero. Like, I have to hire a full time team just to execute all. The, and I'm running like a. Five million dollar rev practice at the time, like this is not going to happen. But uh, he, nonetheless, we we have it. But um, that book is great. And then you have your overarching business books. So I really like um, for operations. Uh, Work the system by Sam Carpenter, and it's most practice owners talk about. We need to build systems, and we have no idea how to do it. And that literally has how do you write a process so I, sam carpenter worked the system and then the two big books that tie it all together are traction by gino wickman which is adequate for 99 percent of us like our practice and where it's at today gino wickman and traction is fine the bigger one is uh Vern harnish and scaling up um way more dense way more advanced so like if if we were going to build a hundred million dollar business with 5,000 employees than that I'd be reading that. Um, I had one more that I was just thinking of. I mean, all the Jim Collins stuff is great. The, Oh, there's another, I should go through. Oh, I, I have it. Uh, Chris Voss. So we have to negotiate so much as practice owners. And Chris Voss wrote a book called uh, Never Split the Difference. I use that with my kids. I teach it to them with Steph. She's like, oh, this is Chris Voss again, right? People is, uh, <clears throat> Brian, how I think about businesses, people marketing and people marketing finance operations are like the big four areas. The people book is who? Yeah. So personnel, people, same thing. All right. Uh, here's, a, if, if you want to cheat on books, uh, Blinkist is amazing for summaries. I use that all the time because I get a book idea and then I'm like, ah, should I really read this? So I'll go on Blinkist and spend 15 minutes reading a summary and just see if it's worthwhile. The other one is, uh, um, I'll, I'll YouTube summaries and 
get a preview. Um, and my, this is like my new year's resolution for this year is only buy books that I need to read and implement immediately. Otherwise I, the one year I spent $4,300 in books on Amazon and my, my wife was happy with me. (laughs) Not really, but, uh, she was like, do you need to know how many books you bought this year? But, uh, (laughs) so I don't do that anymore, but awesome. Thanks everybody. So, um, we have a direct to consumer marketing course, by the way, this is a free training, uh, for everybody. So, uh, we, again, I'm passionate about private practice PT. I'm a private practice physical therapist. This is what we've been doing for 10 years is, um, education, but you can go to uh, getbreakthrough.com forward slash Cal dash bundle. This is six modules, uh, approximately six hours of training, um, creating growth targets for your practice. Uh, we built our practice around 45 to 64 year old family oriented females, primarily with orthopedic conditions. Maybe you're teaching or you're, you're primarily treating uh, scholastic athletes. You have a different demographic. We're going to talk through um, how to create targets there. Uh, session two is the practice growth pro forma, and that's really creating uh, profitability plan, financial projection. Uh, we talk through market message, media match, which was one is the of the core principles in order for you to get your marketing to work. Anytime I'm working with an owner directly who's having trouble marketing, or frankly, any private practice owner or small business owner, that we always go to this. They're likely there's something that's not aligned with market message, media match. Session four is the three levels of conversion. Um, and because once you get somebody to respond to an ad, right, raise their hand and say, yes, I have that. Now you actually have to go through the conversion part, right? It's it's another thing to take an ad responder and get them over to a paying patient, teach you the basics of how to do that, the principles that you should be paying attention to. Then we're going to talk about metrics and trends, like how you can track and make sense of your marketing data so you, that you make more smarter decisions moving forward and uh, minimize your mistakes. Session six is techniques and tactics for expansion and growth. So how to grow, right? Fill space, fill schedules, which we talked about here. And then um, what do you do next, right? You can add on additional space. You can hire clinicians. You can open additional offices, whatever that looks like for you, or just perhaps focus on profitability in the space you're already in. In addition to that, we can help you walk you through individually. Everybody's practice is different, but you're going to get a... uh, an opportunity for a strategy call as well. This is great. Um, our directors have worked th- through this with literally hundreds of practice owners. Um, this is really our wheelhouse of what we've done, but dramatically increase the probability of success with the marketing calendar. So this is our effort to help you do that. So for those of you that are ready, if you're the type of owner that likes to take action, likes to get this done, like to have it in place, so you have that consistent new uh, inflow of patients, We're also offering um, a marketing strategy call here to help you get this done step-by-step. Again, you're going to click through on that uh, getbreakthrough.com forward slash Cal dash bundle for the free training. Um, Yeah. And this is for, so if you're thinking something along the lines of my practice is different, is this really for me? This is for uh, private practices, whether you're physical therapy only, whether you're, uh, integrated with, um, you know, you have uh, OT speech, et cetera, across the board. 
Um, this is for small practices, large practices. This is for uh, whether you accept insurance or your cash pay, concierge service, whatever that might be. Um, if you're thinking about opening a second clinic or your 200th clinic, great. Um, again, or if you're just starting out, um, this is for private practice owners across the board. So go to the link, click yes, reserve my free training, choose a time to schedule your free marketing strategy call, get the free course. Again, over six hours of content there for you to go through and help you implement this and grow here in 2024. It's the getbreakthrough.com forward slash Cal dash bundle. Um, also, you're able to get in and before the, the schedule fills up there, get your uh, marketing strategy call where Caleb or Jeff are going to be able to walk you through um, filling out that marketing calendar for your practice. Hopefully you enjoy this and uh, you continue to grow here in 2024. Thanks everybody.